Hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover saying, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is another edition of the Word of the King. To you who are Jewish and maybe listening to this broadcast, I'll be at a recording of this broadcast. Uh, to you I say, Hog Sameach, Happy Holy Day. This is the time of the year when the Jewish people celebrate the Feast of Sukkot, known as the Feast of Tabernacles. And I want to speak today on the Word of the King concerning the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Sukkot, and how this matter of the tabernacle relates to us as God's creatures, as descendants physically of that man, Adam, and ultimately, according to God's will, for us to be quickened in the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach, we know that as an Adam all died, even so a Mashiach shall be made alive. And this being made alive in Mashiach, Christ, Yeshua, Jesus, has much to do with God tabernacle. Yea, if not everything to do with God tabernacle among men. I would remind you that Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, Where the word of a king is, there is power, and who may say unto him, What doest thou? When we talk about the word of the king, we are talking about none other than the King James A.V. 1611 Holy Bible, as God has preserved his words for us without error, uh, incorruptible in the English language therein. I would like to now just give you an address, and I just want to thank Brother Kenny Wolfgang, Holiness Bibles for the Blind, for allowing me to partake in their website ministry and giving me a number of pages thereon. Before I get started today, for the glory of God here on the Word of the King, I would just like to now have a word of prayer and pray once more that God would be glorified. And you all the more who already know what it means to have God tabernacle among and even in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. For those of you who don't know, what it means to have God tabernacling among, even within you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that you would come to know what that is all about and the reality within as a result of this broadcast. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ, the Mashiach, I come before you, Lord God, and I just want to thank you for you, Lord God, as we will see from your word, have been faithful, dear Lord God, to humble yourself and tabernacle among sinful men, making those sinful men holy, through the very blood, uh, Kippur, atonement, provided by Mashiach, Yeshua. Lord God, again, especially for my dear listeners who are Jewish, I would remind them, Lord God, even as I give you thanks, dear God, for the remembrance, the memory of how the blood on the doorpost, Lord God, as you led Moses and our ancestors, Lord God, out of Egypt, it formed a cross. Oh, Lord God, may my Jewish listeners, dear Lord God, think of that. And, and may my Gentile listeners, dear Lord God, even stand in awe, dear Lord God, of just how, dear Lord God, you do all things decently and in order. And you do everything with a purpose, Lord God. Even the way you told Moshe, Moses, to put that blood on the doorpost, it was with a purpose. Because it's only through the shedding of blood. And that, as the blood of a lamb without blemish and without spot, that you, dear Lord God, can and will be faithful to cleanse sinners from all their sin and take up residence within them. Even their bodies becoming a tabernacle, a dwelling place, a temple of you, the living God, your Holy Ghost. And I pray, dear God, now, Father, through this message, may you go forth drawing souls to the Son, Mashiach, Yeshua, the Christ, Messiah, Jesus. And may the Son go forth 
in power, being exalted, drawing all men unto himself, even as he'll be faithful to draw all men in light of the death which he died there on the cross. And Lord God, may your spirit, dear God, go forth convicting souls of sin, because they believe not on the Son, Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. And judgment, because the prince of this world, the devil, is judged, and all who do not receive Christ, Jesus, Messiah, by faith, will be judged with him and his angels in the lake of fire and of righteousness, because ultimately, dear to God, by nature, no sinner has any righteousness whereby they can stand before you, Lord God, for we are told that all of our righteousnesses are as best filthy rags. So, Lord God, please go forth, work now, be glorified. In Jesus' name, I give thee thanks. Amen. All right. Open your King James Bible to Exodus 25, and let's just read verses 8 and 9. We're going to see right here the foundation of God's instructions to Moses and the children of Israel concerning this matter of the tabernacle. In Exodus 25, verse 8, I read, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Verse 9, According to all that I shew thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. Now you read down through there and you find, and rest assured, dear listener, there was only one entrance into the tabernacle. It was ultimately, there was only one way into the eternal presence of God, whereby you can have for eternity access to the throne of grace if God is your Father. And that is through the door. The Lord Jesus Christ, for in St. John 10, even he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door. And he said in St. John 14, 6, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, yes, there was only one door into the tabernacle. And that's because, again, Yeshua, the Christ, Jesus, Mashiach, he is the door. According to St. John 14, 6, St. John 10, Acts 4.12, Peter put it like this, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Mashiach, our Lord. Now, when I consider this matter of the tabernacle and how it relates, dear Christian, dear believer, in Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus the Christ, turn over to... 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. The Apostle Paul, writing under inspiration of God, to the church of verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 5, writes, We know if our earthly house, talking now about our physical body, we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house, not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Verse 4. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Verse 5. Now he that wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Now remember, Jesus, when he came, that tabernacle back there in the Old Testament that we just read about briefly there in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 25, was first and foremost a foreshadow of 
Jesus as God, Emmanuel, God with us, coming down and taking on human flesh, human body, yet fully God. St. John 1, verse 1 declares, For in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you go down through there, verse 14, And the Word was made manifest in the flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We're told in the book of Colossians that it pleased God that in him, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach, all fullness, and that of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, should dwell. You know, when you go back there to St. John chapter 1, it says there, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. And again, when it says, and of his fullness have all we received, that fullness again is talking about the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, even as it pleased the Father, again, in the book of Colossians, that in him, Christ Jesus, Yeshua, Mashiach, all fullness should dwell. And then we're told in another point of Colossians, for in him, Christ Jesus, Yeshua, Mashiach, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, bodily. And again, we're told in 1 John 5, 7, speaking of the Godhead, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Beware of anybody, dear listener, who speaks down on the Trinity or what the Bible calls the Godhead. It is a Bible doctrine, and those who deny it are Antichrist and of their father, the devil, be they Jew or Gentile. Anybody who denies the Godhead, what's commonly known as the Trinity, is Antichrist and of their father, the devil, according to the Word of God. So, Jesus came down, and the glory of the Godhead, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, was contained in his human body. And ultimately, he came down in such a manner to provide himself a kippur, an atonement. Remember back then, in the laws, it was established there with the tabernacle. There was the setting up of the priesthood. And we read about the establishing of the priesthood and the sacrificial system, along with uh, the Ark of the Covenant, all being established from Exodus 26 through 31. Again, from Exodus chapter 26 through chapter 31, we read of the Ark of the Covenant and the establishing of the priesthood in the sacrificial system in connection with the tabernacle that we looked at, the foundation of it being set forth in Exodus 25. So even as Jesus Christ, tabernacle, as God manifests in the flesh among sinful men, the fullness of the Godhead, abiding, dwelling within him, he came to offer himself as a high priest unto God, a sacrifice for sins. I'm told in the law of God, the Torah, Leviticus 17, verse 11, it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. And God made it clear, dear listener, that he gave the blood upon the altar as an atonement for the soul. So Jesus Christ, God, tabernacle among sinful man, offered himself as a priest, high priest unto God. We'll read more about that there in the book of Hebrews. It talks about how in almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. And he gave himself as a sacrifice for sins and rose from the dead, the third day, for our justification. Romans 10, 9 tells us, tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And he did all that, dear listener. 
As God manifest in the flesh, tabernacling among men, crucified, buried, risen from the dead, so that we, as sinners, would be redeemed, cleansed of all sin, made whiter than snow, and could know what it's like to have our body become the tabernacle of God. Hence, it is written, the Apostle Paul writes under inspiration of God here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 1, for we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, were dissolved, keep in mind, your body goes in the grave, dear listener, when my body goes in the grave, it dissolves, the worms eat away at it. Oh, but praise God, we have a building of God. We who believe on the Lord, Adonai, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And we are told in the book of Hebrews that Abraham looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. But if you look here in the context, this, this um, building of God that is spoken of, this house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Based on what we read in verse 4, I would tell you as a clear reference to the new uh, glorified physical body, the physical glorified body that comes at the resurrection of the dead for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because look at verse 4 carefully in 2 Corinthians 5. It says, For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. Again, we that are in the tabernacle of this physical flesh and blood body, we do groan, being burdened, burdened with the sin that still so doeth easily beset us. Uh, read Romans 7, dear listener. I'm not going to turn there now, but if you want to understand what Paul's talking about, when he talks about being burdened in this context of 2 Corinthians 5, 4, turn to Romans 7 where he talks about that which he would. He does not, and that which he would not, that he does. And then he says, oh, who shall deliver me from this body of death? That's the kind of burdening that Paul's talking about here under inspiration of God in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 4. And if you've got the Spirit of God in you, there's a war going on in you daily. Spirit, warring against the flesh, the flesh, the sinful nature, warring against the Spirit of God. And it makes you groan. If you're not groaning, if you're not burdened, with the sinfulness of your flesh. You want to examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith, dear listener. Know you not accept Christ Jesus? Mashiach Yeshua be in you, you reprobate? Oh, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burned, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. Again, we could. Um, and we shall be unclothed in the sense that we shall take off this body of flesh and bones, you know, and it shall go in the grave. While we, uh, our spirits go to be with God, our souls go to be with God, we shall put off this physical body. We shall be unclothed in death. That's clear. It's pointed to men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Uh, the only way uh, anybody's going to escape that is if they're in Christ Jesus and they're alive on this earth when the trumpet sounds. But Paul's saying here, not that we would be unclothed, because ultimately our hope isn't in that we're unclothed. Our hope isn't in that we just take off this body of flesh. No, our hope is in the resurrection whereby we are clothed upon with that glorified body that comes from God and God alone. That glorified body made without hands. That glorified body that is the product of God just saying, Arise! That mortality might be swallowed up of life. There it is. Clear reference to the resurrection that comes to all who believe on Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus the Christ, that mortality might be swallowed of life. Please turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 
this passage right here will settle. Make it very clear exactly what the Apostle Paul is making reference to there in 2 Corinthians 5, in reference to the blessed resurrection that comes to those who are made righteous in and by faith of Jesus Christ. We're told that God hath made him to be sin for us, speaking of Christ Jesus, who knew no sin, that we, you and I, dear listener, might be made the righteousness of God in him. Oh, but the just shall live by faith, for by grace ye say through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Here we are, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. The Apostle Paul writes under inspiration of God, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit corruption. In the very verse before that, verse 49, he says, he writes under inspiration of God, and as we have borne the image of the earthly, and this earthly physical tabernacle called the physical body, tainted, corrupted by sin, so, Paul goes on, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. There it is. Bearing the image of the heavenly. Being clothed upon with the image of the heavenly. The physical glorified body that comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. Again, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither do with corruption, inherit in corruption. Here it is, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. It wasn't long ago, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, was celebrated by the Jewish people. And here we have its ultimate fulfillment. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Verse 53 of 1 Corinthians 15. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. There you are, brother, sister in Christ. There am I, as a child of God, being clothed upon with the incorruption of the glorified body. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Verse 4, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Verse 56, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right now, believer, how are you and I supposed to live? How are you and I supposed to respond in light of this precious truth? Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to go back now to verse 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Dear listener, be you Jew, be you Gentile. What is keeping you from enjoying the reality of God tabernacling among, even within your mortal body? What's preventing you from being able to look forward with hope to that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior? Adonai, Lord, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Mashiach. The answer is obvious. It's sin. It's sin that has you hopeless today before holy God. But you need not be hopeless. We're told in Paul's will letter to Timothy. Therefore, we also labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially them that believe. For God so loved the world, we're told in St. John. For God so loved the world, that includes you, dear listener. That he gave his only begotten son, speaking of Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach, 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, by the way, dear Jewish listener, God does have a son. It's even revealed in the second psalm, second tale of King David. God, the Lord, Adonai says, I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten. King David wrote that under inspiration of God in the second psalm that many of you read on a daily basis. And it even says, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling as you read down through that second psalm. And then he says, Kiss the son, lest he be angry and he perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Now King David would never, ever, dear Jewish listener, tell anyone to trust in someone and say that they would be blessed for trusting in them if that someone were not God. Hey, God is a triune being. Hence, he said, dear Jewish listener, hence he said, Gentile, when he created man in his image, let us make man in our image. Sin. It's the only thing that has you walking hopeless before a holy God. Told Revelation 21 verse 8, but the fearful. Oh, you're fearful what man's going to think about you? If you believe all in the Lord Jesus Christ, Adonai, Yeshua, Mashiach, take heed to the words of Adonai, Yeshua, Mashiach, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill, kill the soul. Rather, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The worst any sinner is ever going to do to me, and the worst any sinner can ever do to you, dear listener, is kill your mortal body. But there's one who's able to destroy both your soul and body in hell, and he's none other. When the Lord Jesus Christ is the Father, has given all judgment unto the Son. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, thus saith the Lord Adonai. Who or what is your God today, dear listener? You can't be bound down to Buddha. You can't be bound down to your rabbi. You can't be bound down to any of the gods of Hinduism. You can't be bound down to the Pope. You can't be bound down to the Queen of Heaven that you call Mary, Roman Catholic. You can't be bound down to the image you see when you look in the mirror. That's worshiping and serving yourself. Loving yourself as the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. No, you can't be bowing down to the devil himself and expect God to tabernacle in your mortal body. But if you're willing to repent and turn from your idolatries, and again, all idolaters have their part in the lake of fire. It is written in Revelation 21.8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars from their part in the lake which birth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. One lies all taste to make you a liar. Jesus said, he that believeth not on him is condemned already. Sinner, you've earned nothing but a lake of fire. And if you keep trying to get to God through your good works, at the end, God says, he will declare of your all your so-called righteousness and your works. That they shall not profit you. In the book of Isaiah, it is written, we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. It is written in Isaiah 64, verse 6. All oh, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You can be justified today by faith in Jesus Christ alone. As it's given unto you from heaven, call upon him, and he'll be faithful to save Whosoever will, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. It is written, thou shalt not kill. Have you ever had an abortion? Any of you listening to me? Perhaps you yourself worked in the abortion industry. You're a murderer. You've been a partaker in the shedding of innocent blood. And God hates you for that. You must come unto Jesus. Yes, God loved you. 
Enough to send his son for you. But you must come unto Jesus, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Thou shalt not kill. You say, I never murdered nobody. But God says, whosoever hated his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. If you want God, tabernacle, among you and in your mortal body, if you don't want that, it's only because your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Above all things, you can know it. If you want that, if you ought to desire that, how unfaithful you would be to not desire your creator and all of his goodness abiding within you. If you want that, you must turn from your wicked ways. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus said, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. You've ever engaged and lusted over pornography? You are an adulterer before holy God, and you're guilty, and you'll be judged as such, except you repent and receive the blood kippur, the blood atonement provided for by the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Homosexual, sodomite. There's hope for you, but only through the Lord Jesus Christ. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. There's not a single sin that God Almighty cannot and will not set you free from if you're willing to come unto him by his Son, Jesus Christ, and him alone. For again, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Thou shalt not steal. Thieves shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Disobedience to parents. It's sin, dear listener. You know that there was once a time in your life when your mom, your dad, encouraged you to do that which was good for you. And you disobeyed, and you suffered because of it. Oh, and you were told, James 2.10, whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend at one point, he is guilty of all. So, you break one, God has to hold you accountable as though you broke them all. Thou shalt remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless and taketh his name in vain. To use the name of God, to use the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach, is a curse word. And using it flippantly and loosely when you're joking around with your friends. There's always you blaspheme the name of God. And God says you do that just one time. You'll be found. Guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Oh, but there is mercy. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus said, And even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And again, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his man manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And, and the ass was basically a means of transportation, so have you ever coveted your neighbor's car? It's all covetousness, it's all sin. I trust you're saying by now, sir, what must I do to be saved? I say unto you, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, Adonai Yeshua Mashiach, and thou shalt be saved. And God shall tabernacle, even this Feast of Tabernacles, and forevermore, among and even in your mortal body, and at the last, when the dead in Christ rise, you shall be gathered with all who believe on Yeshua Mashiach, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the clouds, to meet him in the air. You shall be with him forevermore. May you be comforted with these words, dear listener. This has been Evangelist Timothy Groover. This has been another edition of The Word of the King. Till next time, God bless you and yours.